Kells is absent. Ms. Austin? Here. Mr. Houchins? Here. Mr. Murphy? Here. Dr. Newman? Here. And Mr. Fraley? Here. We do have a quorum. Uh, we'll get into uh, our agenda, Susan. Okay. Uh, before taking up uh, the items on today's agenda, we will consider the following requests for withdrawals and continuances. Um, the following item is being continued from the January public hearing agenda to the February 28, 2019 public hearing agenda. Continued agenda item number one, a net stone for a conditional use permit to operate a nightclub at 846 East Little Creek Road. The following item is being continued from the January public hearing agenda to the June 27, 2019 public hearing agenda. Regular agenda item number one, City Planning Commission for a general plan amendment to Appendix A in the table of contents within the Plan Norfolk 2030 to adopt the commercial pattern book. And finally, the following item is being continued from the January public hearing agenda to the March 28, 2019 public hearing agenda. Uh, regular agenda item number five, East Beach Living Apartments for a conditional use permit to allow more than 24 dwelling units at 7950 Shore Drive. Uh, the motion is to continue these items uh, to the date stated. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Aye. And Mr. Fraley? Aye. Thank you, Susan. Okay. Um, item number two on your regular agenda uh, is the City Planning Commission for a text amendment to create the Downtown St. Paul's D-SP Zoning District. Okay, so as I mentioned, this is uh, a text amendment by the Planning Commission to create the Downtown St. Paul's District. Um, this district would enable development in accordance <coughs> with the St. Paul's Area Transformation Plan. With this application, the downtown St. Paul's district is being created, but it is not yet being implemented. Okay. Um, this is the area, uh, however, that we do see eventual implementation uh, of, the, of this district. Um, this is the aerial. Uh, in general, it runs... Um, from uh, Tidewater to uh, St. Paul's to Brambleton and down south. Um, this is kind of the vision for that area. And so the district that we have created hopefully reflects and will encourage development that looks like this. St. Paul's transformation plan. So in 2014, the city and the housing authority submitted um, and the housing and urban development HUD uh, approved the St. Paul's transformation plan. So the plan focuses on three different elements, uh, neighborhood improvement strategies, so getting rid of the super blocks, uh, creating grids, providing more appropriate street widths, uh, and additional items. Um, housing, uh, create new housing options and choices for Tidewater Garden residents, um, and connect the St. Paul's area to the downtown area, something that we really need to do. And then finally, there's something called a people plan in there. Um, people first initiative, mobile, mobility services, case management, and transformative human services. So not only uh, putting a new zoning and new development in place, making sure that the people that are in that community now are served as well. Um, in the fall of 2018, the city submitted an application for the Choice Neighborhood Implementation Grant. You'll hear us call it the CNI grant. 
So the grant will assist with the implementation of the Trans, uh, St. Paul's Transformation Plan. To accommodate the goals and strategies of the plan, a new zoning district is proposed today. So again, it is the, uh, the downtown St. Paul's district. It is very, very similar to a district that we have in place in downtown, the downtown mixed-use district. And again, the effort is to pull that development and pull that activity from our core downtown now over to this St. Paul's area. So what does the district do? Um, similar to our uh, other downtown districts, we require active uses of our ground floor areas. And the focus of this, um, the, the district as we see it kind of splits this area in two. Uh, ben Church or Church is the kind of spline. Um, the properties to the west of that, that's where the commercial will focus. And then properties to the east of that, that's really more where the residential will focus. So when we talk about use of ground floor, that's really focuses on the properties that are located to the west. Because you can see those are commercial uh, uses that we would like. We want activity on that first floor. Um, and then we indicate on what streets um, these active uh, uh, uses would be required. So obviously all of those properties on both sides of church slash front church street. And then buildings oriented to uh, Freemason Church, again, Friend Church, St. Paul's, Mariner Street, and East Charlotte Street. So we want focus on commercial on those streets. Um, similar again to our downtown, um, we will require a minimum of 50% of the total non-residential ground floor facades um, to be transparent. People see in, get people walking, pedestrian friendly. Uh, as with our other uh, downtown areas, we will require a development certificate. That requires that any project be reviewed through both our architectural review board and then finally by the planning commission. Um, unlike our other downtown districts, uh, which do allow waivers, part of that is twofold. Number one, we're dealing with existing buildings. So sometimes when you go to substantially uh, renovate an existing building, you may not be able to change the setback or some other things about it, the transparency. So we do allow waivers in our other downtown districts. This is a new district. The development will all be new. We have tweaked some of the uh, existing standards in our other downtown districts for this district, created some flexibility. So we would not be allowing any, uh, any waivers. Some um, intensity and dimensional standards. So again, we have this west of Church Street and east of Church Street. Um, and different, uh, different uh, dimensional standards for those different districts. So lot coverage is the same. We want it dense. We want a lot of development. Um, west of Fence Church, we've got a build-to line. Again, because that's going to be where the commercial is, we want 75% of the building to front right on that property line. Um, now, there is a couple of notes to that. We do allow outdoor dining, courtyards, or other active spaces to be considered part of the building. What that does is that gets that use on your property because although we'll work very hard to get wide sidewalks in there, you know, it is a built environment as far as the right-of-ways. Um, so we're trying to get that use, give you benefit for it, not counting that um, or, or allowing you to count that as the, the front facade of the building. Uh, and then secondly, um, yes, the properties west of Church Street uh, are going to focus on commercial, but there will be residential, and we still want that to be active. So if you do have entrances or porches or balconies, we will allow you to push that portion of the building back up to eight feet. So if you have a stoop, you'll have that stoop. It'll be on your property, but it'll still be fairly close to the property line. Um, and then in the, res the more residential section um, to the east, 
that we're going to say all of that because it is residential again a max of eight feet set back from uh, the property line um, no open space required um, minimum building height again reflecting the different uh, commercial versus uh, residential sides uh, on the uh, west of church street we're going to do uh, three stories uh, no um, uh, no uh, maximum and then on the uh, the residential side we'll do two stories minimum and then five stories maximum um, and that's really the gist the heart of what these regulations will call for again the hope is to bring downtown into this st. Paul's areas with connectivity uh, and more intense pedestrian friendly uh, development um, and with that staff is recommending that this uh, district be uh, adopted. So Susan, we are anticipating then if um, this goes into effect, that that area of the St. Paul quadrant between Finchurch Church and St. Paul's will be predominantly ground floor commercial. At least 50% of the ground floor has to be commercial. And uh, then some and, can and be residential. And of course, multi-story, we could have residences above. Correct. Question, comment, commissioners? Yeah. Thank you, Susan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. You want to sign up? Anybody? Oh, for no. Okay. No, no, uh, no comments. The motion is to recommend that the zoning text amendment be approved. Uh, Mr. Hales? Oh, excuse me. Ms. Austin? <laughs> yes. Mr. Hutchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Aye. And Mr. Fairley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Thank you, Susan. Okay, Next the, item, electric, electricity. Uh, item number three, Electricity Services, LLC, for a conditional use permit to modify the intensity and dimensional standards applicable to development of a single-family dwelling at 3650 East Ocean View Avenue pursuant to Section 3.2.8D of the Norfolk Zoning Ordinance. The purpose of this request is to allow construction of a single-family residence that does not meet the lot width uh, and size requirements in the RC Residential Coastal Zoning District. Chris. Good afternoon. This is a uh, request from elect Electricity Services uh, as stated for a conditional use permit um, in the RC Residential Coastal District for the development of a single family home on essentially what is a narrow lot of 25 feet wide. Um, the RC District <coughs> provides for a few things that, um, uh, that are sort of unique to that district. Um, it's, it's primarily a residential district with allowing a variety of different residential uses and densities. Uh, for single-family homes, the standard is that uh, they must be built on lots that are 50 feet wide and 5,000 square feet in a lot area. Alt there are a set of what we call alternative intensity and dimensional standards, however, uh, which basically allow an, a development, in this case single-family home, to be built on it's a lot as narrow as 37 and a half feet wide, still 5,000 square feet in lot area. But the caveat is that it would have to be, or the development would have to adhere to the coastal pattern book. So the idea being uh, we get sort of extra design elements out of this uh, that, that are deemed compatible with the area. 
Um, however, this particular lot is even more narrow than that. So the fact that it's 25 feet wide uh, means that it, the only option to develop this single family lot is to go the conditional use permit route. So that's why this development's here today. Um, and it's, uh, the lot area is, is also less than 5,000 square feet too. So it's a, a more narrow and a smaller lot than was typically seen. So as part of that though, they're in the conditional use permit process basically to look at this on a case-by-case -case basis, uh, take it through this, the Planning Commission and City Council, the entire public process to see if it's appropriate at this particular location. And it also has to, uh, much like the other, uh, sort of the second tier, it still has to uh, adhere to the coastal pattern book. So what we have here is a, um, the survey in front of you shows the proposed house. And as we were looking at the, the lot and sort of the placement of the house on the lot, originally it was set back a little bit further on the lot, um, which, which kind of, um, it basically required the uh, demolition of a large tree there in the backyard which is depicted on this uh, survey. And so what we did was in, in visiting the site and in, in the desire to preserve tree, as many trees as possible, we, we worked with the applicant and got them to move it uh, further towards the front of the, of the lot. So the setback is less and we were able to preserve that tree. So that, that was a positive development. Um, the house also has a, um, it, or the lot itself is in a flood zone, so it's in what we call the coastal resilience overlay, which requires new parking areas and pavement to be pervious. So you'll also see uh, the driveway leading to the rear garage, the rear loading garage is going to be made of pervious materials. The, uh, the entranceway to the, um, off of 17th Bay Street, the access point uh, will be uh, basically uh, replace there's a gravel it's sort of gravel right now leading to the adjacent lot and there will be a shared access easement uh, between both properties uh, for, at that one access point and it will be paved so it will no longer be gravel and another element is there is a block wall along the western uh, part of the property it's in a state of disrepair um, as part of the conditions of this we're requiring that to be uh, repaired if it's to be maintained on the or retained on the property, it'll be repaired. So uh, that's that's the site plan there and every the, the important elements uh, for the use permit. Uh, now I just want to show you a couple elevations that they're proposing, uh, which which do generally meet our the coastal pattern book. So we we were pleased with the design, and uh, as you can see, the ocean view elevation on the left is what you'll see from the front, and the 17th Bay Street uh, to the right here that will be. Uh, the other side, the corner side yard, essentially. Um, so that that's, um, you know, those are the two sides that people will be seeing most often. Um, and like, like I said, there's a rear loading garage um, and a two-story porch in the rear. So just really quickly, I'll, I'm going to go through um, our, our conditions. Staff is recommending um, approval of this conditional use permit. And the conditions would essentially tie it to that site plan that we were looking at, um, the elevations that we looked at, um, also that no vinyl siding would be used on the exterior, which would be consistent with the coastal pattern book, that the uh, block wall I mentioned would be per, uh, retained or, or repaired if it is to be kept on the lot, and that the existing tree I mentioned would also be saved. Um, so with those, with all those conditions, staff does recommend approval of this conditional use permit. 
Um, and I also will mention that the East Ocean View Civic League did send us a letter of support. I'll stand by. Thanks, Chris. What kind of siding will they be using? Uh, based on the elevations, it looks looks like a like a fiber cement siding um, and some stucco towards the, the bottom of the of the elevations, mm -hmm. and asphalt uh, roof shingles. And uh, it's not a standard lot. Oh, I see it here, thirty one hundred square feet. Right. Okay. Yep. All right. Just a lot area. Okay. Any questions, of Mr. Whitney, commissioners? Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Uh, here to speak in favor of this application is Mr. Gregory Frick. I, I signed up because I was told to, but I'm the architect of this project, and so my purpose of being here is to answer questions or perhaps, um, you know, make any uh, correction to anything that was misunderstood, but it sounds like straight up to me. Right. Mr. Frick, since you're standing there, why don't you give us your name and mailing address for the record? Okay. My name is Gregory Frack, and my mailing address is 4356 Bonnie Road in Virginia Beach, 23452. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. I just want to uh, commend you on uh, coming up with a good solution to uh, what could have been something else, but, it, but that works within what we're looking to do going forward. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, also here in favor of this application, Paul Chung. You'd like to add anything, Mr. Chung? No, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, here against this application, Michelle Matt or Mate. I tell you, I would have gotten there sooner or later. I guess so. <laughs> Hi. Um, so um, I am one of the homeowners that. Um, of the properties adjacent to this lot. And so, and, and we have a few other representatives. Um, and our concern, of course, is our own property values and how this construction is going to impact our property values. The lot is only 25 feet wide, so it's very, very narrow. I know that the neighbor immediately next to the lot is going to definitely be looking at a wall out of all their windows. Um, and the side of their house has balconies that look out. So it's gonna be, it's going to be a problem there. Um, that concrete wall that was mentioned is very unstable, and it's an eyesore, and uh, that probably should be gotten rid of altogether. Um, as far as parking is concerned, that area is really, really congested for parking, especially during the summer when people are at the beach. So that's another big concern. We've got a lot of, uh, it's just a very, very crowded um, area. So we have a lot of concerns. It would be different if the code was antiquated, but we know that it was just recently updated for the benefit of the community. And so we have some concerns that, you know, we're just gonna go in and flagrantly just disregard the new code, you know, just because, you know, for whatever reason, I just think that's setting a negative precedent for the community of East Ocean View. So um, we have some concerns about this construction. And uh, I don't know if there's anything else you guys wanted to add to that. Excuse me, sir. Matt, excuse me, sir. You should have signed up if you want to speak. Okay. I'm sorry, Ms. Matei. Yeah, there are, there are two houses uh, that are behind that house that um, go look onto the, um, onto the bay. Um, and um, I just know that it's a very crowded and congested area for parking. Those are my primary concerns, especially property values. Great. So if you just give us your name and mailing address, too, while you're up there. Michelle Matei. 3634 East Ocean View Avenue, Norfolk 23518. Great. 
Thank you, Ms. Mate. Also here against this application, Christine Hall. I'm Christine Hall, I'm 3640 East Ocean View. Um, so I just had a couple quick questions. I don't know the process of this normally, so if you can uh, clarify that for me. Because really, I know we just had the architect here. Um, my questions are more concerns of uh, how this building is actually gonna go up. So um, I am actually the property that's right next to, <laughs> so I would be looking straight into a wall, and I know you can't base it off of that. So I understand that's, I would love you to be able to make your decision off of that, but I know that's not realistic. My concerns are more in line with um, why we wouldn't follow requirements that we just set into place recently. Um, also, our standards for lots of building lines, if there is something like that, again, you all can help me with that, or the architect as well, um, but I would like to better understand, because I know the lot is 25 feet, and it looks like the building is 18, so that's not giving a lot of give on either side. Um, also, the wall that we talked about, um, I have concerns about that. There's about a two and a half to maybe three foot drop between my property and the property next to it. So with them, right now we're a zero lot line. I mean, it's, they are right there. And so uh, with the fact that it's such a, uh, the house is taking so much of that lot width wise, my concern is, is that gonna be a very steep slope? How does that look? And what are the regulations as far as flooding um, for that? Um, and then finally, um, I would just be a bit concerned because as it is right now with the zero lot line and they get, they would be building so close to their lot line that, uh, my, my driveway is right there. I have a lot of concerns about, um, any kind of construction damage. I know obviously, um, I would have to take that up with insurance and that kind of thing. I'm aware of that, but I would just be concerned of that, especially with, um, all of the, machinery and everything coming into play. So that's uh, that's what I have to say. Thank you, Ms. Hall. Chris, can you respond to some of her concerns, particularly this Chris? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about the wall, you had mentioned something along those lines in your comments earlier. Um, as far as the wall, so um, in the discussions I had with, with the applicant, um, I it seems there may be a, um, there may not be a strong decision so f yet that they're going to keep it or not, but um, the condition is meant to, you know, to require that it is that it is truly repaired, uh, you know, beyond far beyond the state it's in currently if it is to be retained on the site. So it, it just uh, requires that if they choose to keep the, the wall. So that was the only, uh, uh, you know, I'm way confused. to address that. So is the wall staying or the wall going? Yeah, it's right now. It's up to the applicant. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, uh, she also mentioned parking. Uh, I guess I can respond to that to some extent. Uh, it's no doubt there's a parking problem there. I can see that from my field trip. Um, uh, and and I'm sure this only exacerbates that just a little bit. Um, but it doesn't take it over the edge. Am I understanding that? That's correct. So the uh, parking requirement for a single-family dwelling in the co in this character district is two parking spaces per dwelling unit. However, uh, it says on lots that are less than 40 feet in width, there's actually no parking required. But having said that, they're showing 
uh, a driveway that could accommodate at least two off-street vehicles as well as a garage so that can that counts for another vehicle space so uh, they are tied to this site plan which which would essentially require the pr uh, provision of off-street parking okay. so thank you Chris yeah. Commissioner is there any other questions for Mr. Whitney Go I've ahead. got one question uh, Chris um, I'm, I wasn't clear on that answer either concerning the wall um, it, it appeared or it sounded like it, it could stay or it could go but if it stays did, did I understand it, it may it's going to be repaired yes okay yes. and so that's tied with the site plan mm -hmm. yep it's actually tied to the conditional use permit ordinance okay. um, yeah so, so, so they have the the applicant has an option to remove the wall or repair the wall yes okay. that's correct mm -hmm. and if the repair isn't uh, if the repair isn't up to snuff it doesn't meet requirements it's gone right. right we would it would be part of the enforcement of the conditional use permit yes mm -hmm. Thank you, Chris. Mm -hmm. uh, any other questions at this point, Mr. Whitney, commissioners? Thank you, Chris. Stand by. Uh, we're in a rebuttal uh, phase. Uh, Mr. Freck, if you would like to respond in any way, I think, I think you might want to respond to this wall issue if you're prepared to. Well, I haven't consulted the owner regarding this and, and his wishes, but speaking on my own observations, it seems to be a wall that's in place that would lend some privacy to the neighbor that spoke earlier. Perhaps it would be in her interest to preserve the wall. That's the only observation I have. Mm -hmm. Any other concerns about the water management or flood around that? Well, this building, there's no habitable space uh, lower than 12 feet above the grade. So mm -hmm. there isn't any uh, certainly danger or hazard to the homeowner and uh, so a flood event might uh, you know uh, cause some inconvenience to the street but it certainly wouldn't be a, an issue for this house be because of its elevation because of the, the habitable elevation of the of the living space mm -hmm. it does this house does have an elevator as well as the, a stair to, to reach the first floor so it's um, it's in, it, attention's been given to its livability, mm -hmm. and I dare say that um, it it probably would be of interest to other people to have such features on their house that, that live in that area. Mm -hmm. uh, question: How does it fit into the overall pa pattern of water management for uh, for those particular dwellings that are front, back, and side? Well, it, of course, it complies with the FEMA regulations mm -hmm. that um, are enforced now, which are certainly more uh, severe or, or more restrictive, let's say, than they have been previously. I, su I suspect that the houses in this vicinity are not such, are designed in this, the same ex um, condition. Um, this house meets all of those requirements and, um, and, and should, should, you know, be, a value to the to the properties of the surrounding neighborhood um, be, because it's going to be built with a quality standard and, a, and an elevation consideration. Uh, one uh, of the objections talked about uh, construction. Can you address that issue? Well, that also occurred to me as, as that idea was mentioned. This lot is long, it's narrow, but it has a great deal of 
undeveloped area, um, much more than a lot of narrow lots that I'm familiar with, such that construction, delivery of materials, and collection of debris and machinery and such are especially favored by the, the length of this lot, this lot uh, to, for its maneuverability and, and ease of access. So I, I would think that's a pretty um, easy to, to manage. Uh, let me just take that further. I, I think what Commissioner Austin is referring to is limiting the impact of your construction on the neighbors. Uh, I, I, we would want that you would do all in your purview to make sure that we do not negatively impact the neighbors doing that construction. And if you do, that uh, any damage that may occur um, that you commit to make sure you're correcting that. Well, that's a responsibility to the homeowner and for which there is insurance and certainly a personal commitment to, to, to uh, be considerate of the neighbor. Not only that, um, there is also typically site plan erosion control measures that are taken on every development. And this one would be, you can imagine, along the property line would have an erosion control fence put up for the duration of the construction. And uh, and, and so there would be a commitment to, to, to managing that in a responsible way. Thank you, Mr. Freck. Thank Anything, you. any other questions of Mr. Freck at this point? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, we do have uh, a rebuttal period for those who are against this application. You have a total of five minutes if you'd like to make any further comments. I did hear Ms. Maté mention that there were some other folks here from the neighborhood that are against this application since you didn't sign up. If you're here against it, we'll ask you to stand, at least that we can acknowledge that your presence is here. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Mate, uh, Ms. Hall, you folks have a few minutes yet. If you'd like to have make any rebuttal comments. I have a couple more notes um, as I was kind of listening to um, this gentleman was saying. So my questions then would be, um, I would be very concerned about the, uh, I know he was talking about there's a lot of room at the back of the lot. And that is, um, that is true, but my concern is really the sides. Um, as it stands right now, my driveway is right up against the pre-existing building, and when they were um, going through and clearing out the lot previously, I already had a lot of um, stuff finding its way onto my property, roofing and tiles from inside and that kind of thing that made it into my garden and kind of killed a couple of my flowers. Um, so I guess I'm a bit concerned with like the scaff scaffolding that would need to go up on that side. I mean, it would be right up against my driveway. Mm -hmm. um, and just for safety purposes, it kind of makes me a little bit anxious there. Um, and then if it's possible, um, I would like to propose that we, the wall, repairing it might not be sufficient. And my concern would be, okay, it's, we would have to replace it. Let's just take it out entirely. I don't think that that's a realistic um, resolution. I, I worry about that grade. Um, I worry about any kind of fence or any erosion that would occur after that. 
So my proposal would more be that if we were to have to do anything with the wall, um, it would actually be to replace it maybe better. Um, if Because I just I worry about repairing it. I don't know if that's going to be sufficient in its current state. Um, so if we were able to request that they actually replace the wall as it stands, because he is correct, I would absolutely love to have the wall than not have the wall. I, I worry about um, not having a, a solid line there more than, um, so that's kind of all I have to say on those. Thank you. Any questions? Sure. Ms. Hall? Yes, sir. I've got one question. Um, we yes. did take a tour of the site and had an opportunity to see the, the building that's currently sitting, um, and, and of course this um, home looks like it would be an improvement to the site. Um, just curious, are you the original owner of your existing home? No, uh, we're not the original owner. It was built in 2004, so we are the third owners, uh, just the way it's kind of gone through the, the years. Okay. I was just curious if you were given any indication of what might eventually happen to that site in the, the existing sort of eyesore that's sitting there now. Mm -hmm. So, No, I definitely, I'm not against... Uh, I will make it clear, I'm not against there being something built on the site. Anything is better than what currently stands, right? I just worry about what we have before us today. Um, that's really where my line is. If we're able to come up with something that makes sure, I mean, it, it's a tricky beast, right? It's so narrow. Um, so if I, I don't know what the solution is. Um, fortunately, that's not my <laughs> job. So uh, I just want to make sure that we have the best solution and we don't rush into something that we really take our time and find the best solution for this problem. Thank you. Thanks. Comment, commissioners. Well, uh, only that um, putting something very narrow into us uh, a situation where the lots uh, on the other side are quite large, it's not an, un it's not an unknown thing um, and it can be solved. Susan. Okay. Uh, the motion is to recommend that the conditional use permit uh, be approved subject to the conditions uh, contained in the staff report. Ms. Austin. Yes. Mr. Houchins. Aye. Mr. Murphy. Aye. Dr. Newman. Aye. And Mr. Fraley. Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck. Uh, item number four on your agenda, uh, Richardson Homes, Inc., for a conditional use permit to allow the development of a dwelling single family on a previously planned flag lot at 1927 East Bayview Boulevard. The purpose of this request is to allow construction of a single family residence on a previous platted flag lot within the SF6 single family zoning district by a conditional use permit. Hello, commissioners. Uh, this Hi. is a request for conditional use permit. Uh, to allow the construction of a single-family residence on a previously platted flag lot at 1927 East Bayview Boulevard. Uh, this property is located in the Bayview neighborhood on the south side of East Bayview Boulevard between Cape View uh, Avenue and Inlet Road. Uh, the site is currently undeveloped. Um, this is a look at the zoning map for the area. Uh, the property is zoned SF6 um, along with the surrounding properties in the neighborhood. Uh, the parcel is currently subdivided into two lots, uh, which are in common ownership and which is considered to, uh, to be one single zoning lot. So in order to develop, to develop the flag lot legally, the applicants require a conditional use permit. 
so in order to apply for a conditional use permit, the flag lot needs to meet the following minimum uh, requirements. It needs to have 20 feet of lot frontage. Um, the lot has to be 1.5 times larger than the minimum lot area of the zoning district that it lies in. Uh, and they need to have 10 foot uh, front, rear, and side yard setbacks. Uh, the front lot is 129 feet wide with an area of 27,911 square feet. The flag lot has 20 feet of lot frontage along East Bayview Boulevard, uh, and the lot is 35,800 square feet. The minimum lot area for SF6 district is 7,500 square feet, so both the front and flag lot comply with district requirements. Uh, these are the building designs for the proposed home. It will be 2,231 square feet, and the Bayview Civic League voted in favor of this application in November, um, and they noted that they voted for in favor because of the large size of the lot. Um, I had the chance to visit the site this week with Christy Fisher, our landscape architect, and Stephen Trailer, the city's arborist, to look at the, um, the trees that were being planned for removal for this site. Um, if you look at the site plan, each of the X's on the property are the trees that are planning to be removed. Um, so staff recommends to restrict the tree removal of the site um, to the eight that were proposed on the site plan, um, as well as the planting of two new trees for every one that's removed from the lot. Um, and this two for one mitigation is this kind of the standard for RPOS. Um, and it, that plan is supported by Plan Norfolk 2030 as well as our green infrastructure plan, um, which has goals to increase Norfolk's urban tree canopy to 30% coverage. So we recommend uh, to approve this conditional use permit. Uh, hi, um, you said you, the Civic League has voted in favor of this? Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you, Hank. Thank you. Uh, here in favor of this application, uh, James Richardson. Podium is yours, sir. I was uh, contacted by the Mr. and Mrs. Mitchell to build Excuse a Excuse me, sir. Give us your name and mail address. I'm sorry. James Richardson, 9571 Bay Point Drive, Norfolk, 23518. Thank you. Go right ahead. Um, I was contacted by the Mitchells. Um, they found this lot. They fell in love with a lot. They asked me to build them a house. We started looking at house plans and came up with us called our maple model. So a very popular plan. Built at Notion View quite a few times um, on different areas out there. It was developed with the help of North Redevelopment Housing Authority. So the architectural elements on the outside are true to what should be done. Uh, they meet the pattern book. Um, so I was contacted by them to build their forever home there. They could probably speak better on that. Um, and then we ran into the conditional use permit issue, which we went through, did the Civic League meeting. As was noted, it was approved by them, partially because of the size of the lot, and I believe also the architectural features of the house. Uh, so we would like an opportunity to build their forever home at this flag lot. Thank you, sir. Any questions of Mr. Ritz? Stand by, sir. Thank you. Also here in favor of this application, Andrew uh, Metzkus. Uh, 
Andrew uh, Metzkis, 1931 East Bayview Boulevard. I am the uh, homeowner uh, directly in front of the flag lot and also the owner of the uh, vacant lot that uh, the Mitchells would like to purchase. Uh, back in uh, uh, a few years ago, um, well, back in 2006, my wife and I and family, we moved uh, to get stationed here in uh, Norfolk, uh, originally from Indiana, had large lots and whatnot. And uh, we bought a home off in Bayview, off of Radnor Road. It was our you know, first home uh, getting stationed here. And it, basically it would fit in our front yard now. Um, so we wanted something bigger for the family. Uh, the kids don't really want to use it and whatnot. And then due to financial items, we decided when we bought the house, hey, it's always an ability to sell the additional lot. Um, it is uh, about five times greater than the minimum. I looked at all those specs. I wasn't familiar with the conditional use permit uh, for um, uh, with Norfolk. So we've gone through that, talked with the Baby Civic League. Um, I know the, um, the neighbors, uh, uh, we spoke with them. I, I initially told them that I was going to be selling it. Um, uh, no real interest at that point, but um, at the same time, we get along. So I know that they're not in favor directly of having something privately behind it. I am. Um, you know, you could fit pretty much three homes in between where our house is, where the new house is going, compared to where I was living, um, as far as the city. But it, and it has already been. Um, you know, I think looking at the tax records uh, back in I think late '90s, early 2000, it was subdivided. Uh, in which case it's been collecting separate property taxes um, for what would be a buildable lot um, comparison. Uh, so I hope that uh, you can support it. I mean, I'm looking forward. I'm, we've met when I put it up for sale and I met the Mitchells. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to having them. Re he's retired uh, Na um, Navy chief. I'm active duty still. Um, great people. And I look forward to having them behind me. But um, uh, stand by for any questions. Thank you, Mr. Metzkis. Yes, Appreciate sir. It. Also in favor, Mr. Ronald Mitchell. Good afternoon, uh, Ronald Mitchell, 9518 3rd Bay Street, Unit 116, 23518 Norfolk. Uh, wife and I have been searching in this area for a house for quite a while now. We live over on 3rd Bay, so we like the area, we love it. So we found a house on Densmore and we tried to purchase that and of course it fell through. We found this flag lot and we didn't even never thought about building a house, but you know what it came up, so we decided let's go for it. Uh, I look at the lot and it's just it's just gorgeous. I don't know if you've only been out there, but it's it's a beautiful lot. It's covered in trees. I don't know where I'm going to put 16 more trees if this is approved, but uh, I definitely will if it is approved. But we love the area, we love the neighborhood, and just hopefully it gets approved. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Also here in favor of this application, Howard Duncan. Okay. Nothing to add, Mr. Duncan? Uh, not to check the wrong box. Uh, well. Okay, we're getting those who are against this app. Uh, Anita Unger. Friends, neighbors. Members of the Commission, my name is Anita Zinkel Unger. My family and I reside at 1943 East Bayview Boulevard in Norfolk. My parents and I, as an infant, moved into our home on 1943 in October of 1942. Um, just recently, this past Saturday, some neighbors, including Yvonne and Andrew Metzis, 
owners of 1927 East Baby Boulevard, gathered to share our perspectives regarding the commission's consideration of, in quotes, issuance of a permit to Richardson Homes Incorporated for the development of a dwelling, single family, on a previously plotted flag lot at 1927 East Baby Boulevard. Shared concerns were for the possible flooding, increase in density, protecting wildlife in the area, and access by first responders. Neighbors felt to place a home on 1927 East Bayview Boulevard between 1923 and 1943 would affect the character of our neighborhood and change the nature of the privacy afforded by the trees and wooded areas around all of us. Those on the block uh, of the 1900 block of East Bayview Boulevard, as well as the families on Lynn River Road and Cape View Crescent. Moreover, further clearing and placing a home and other structures would contribute to flooding and disturb the wildlife habitat around us. Our home and lot is one of four existing contiguous lots about 400 feet deep on the south side of the last block of Bayview Boulevard. Over 60 years ago, developers plowed soil, clay, aggregate, and organic material into the south sides of our lots to create Lynn River Road and Cape View Crescent. This move formed an elevation along the south sides of our lots and a bowl-like depression north of this elevation, more apparent in 1931 and 1927 than at 1943, 1923, and 1915. The topographic survey certified by Ricks Palmer Jones on November 7, 2018, indicates higher elevations at the backside Proceed. I'm Boy, sorry. Proceed. <laughs> of 1927 to elevations lower in the middle and uh, higher elevations on the north side of the lot, thus, thus creating a bowl. In addition to that, I have found, and just as an indication of the instability of some of this soil, a small sinkhole in my backyard. Um, although notes on the site plans that cite this property as located in the Chesapeake Bay Preservation Area, lower vegetation and some of the trees have been removed, eliminating a means of mitigating flooding, particularly that running west. The footprint of a 29 feet by 39 feet home, concrete walk, and parking and a proposed garage are impervious to rainwater and drainage, despite rain barrels and landscaping. Our concern about flooding is paramount. I thank you so much. Thank you, Ms. Unger. Francine Deer. I pronounced it right. <laughs> okay, all is right in the world. <laughs> My name is Francine Gipper Deer, and I am a Longtime owner of a small business in Norfolk, 
as well as a resident of this wonderful city for over seven decades. I live in the house next door to the flag lot, 1923 East Bayview Boulevard, um, where the building is proposed. The flag lot is next to, next to uh, my property. Um, much of the attraction, my parents purchased a home in 1958, and much of the attraction for them and for me was the deep wooded lots and the wildlife residing there. Um, a house being built behind another house does change the nature of the neighborhood. My concern is that since the owner began clearing their lot of trees and brush, uh, and I would stop to say that Andy has done a beautiful job in fixing the front of his house, and, and it looks really, really nice, more so than even when I went to visit him at his property, and I glanced over at my wooded property, and I suddenly see a bathtub buried in the, the ivy on my side, and I'm realizing that uh, my parents put some things, my father couldn't let go of some things, but I was sure that mother moved the bathtub. I was mortified. But uh, my main concern was when he did do some of the clearing there, uh, and during the last storm, which I believe was Michael, uh, we had flooding. My property flooded, uh, as well as the property next door to me and the property on the other side of him. Uh, the rainwater flooded the immediate backyard, and my husband, I did not go in the, in the like four backyards. I did not go beyond the first backyard. The second and third backyard, he said it was a foot deep back there. So once they talk about the bowl, it's, it's there. Um, my next door neighbor, in fact, reported looking out the window and seeing a lake in his backyard where he used to have his grass. There has never been flooding like this, not any, at least not in the last 70 years. We are in flood zone X. Uh, which is not a special flood zone, flood hazard area. I do carry flood insurance on my property, but then I sell insurance, so of course. Um, so as far as measures, what measures could be taken to prevent even worse flooding once the concrete is poured for the house, uh, and then there's a garage that is also proposed, and a concrete padding for the parking you know, of their car, and any other additions, because once the house is built and they build some more, um, we have real deep blots on this block. And we, along with some of the others, have left the back half of the land in its natural form. Hence the bathtub that wasn't spotted right away, but you know that's being taken care of. Um, I do not want to endanger my trees and wildlife with persistent water drainage from the new construction. Please consider denying the building permit to this flag lot, and I do think the world of the couple that are looking to buy, it, to buy it, and I, the house on the other side of me is going to come up for sale, and that's got a real deep lot, and I would love you guys to buy that one. You know, it'll be less expensive than the one you have that, that you're planning, but, uh, but I would like you, I'd like to propose that you deny the building permit to the flag lot to prevent stormwater runoff on the neighbors. Our neighbors, as well as our wildlife, would appreciate your attention to this matter. Thank you, Ms. Deer. Mm -hmm. Any questions? Yes. yes. I have some questions because I'm trying to get a picture of how what you say your neighborhood, what the topology is of your neighborhood. I mean, it can be to you both. Um, 
you're telling me that the, the road and how it was constructed has something to do with where houses are placed so that they're lower than that grade and that's creating the bowl-like effect. And, it, and you're also telling me that adjacent to this, there are other undeveloped parcels so that it creates a strip of undeveloped land. Is that what you're saying? Well, Are, are you also saying that uh, it is a characteristic of the neighborhood that there are undeveloped parcels behind each house, that there's undeveloped land where it's mainly trees and whatnot, so that is the character? Right. right. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Deer. Robert Unger? Howard Duncan? Uh, Mr. Duncan signed up for and against. So what are you, sir, are you for or against this project? I don't want this project. Please, come to the microphone and give us your name and mail and address if you would, sir. My name is Howard Duncan. I live at 8486 Cape View Crescent in Norfolk, Virginia. I've been a resident there for over 40 years. And this particular area that these, they're referring to is my backyard, right directly behind me. I noticed some time ago, a year or so ago, that these trees were being taken down in the forested area in my backyard, uh, which is his right to, to remove these trees, but it removed quite a few trees, uh, 10, 15 trees, whatever it was, but cleared quite an area for this house to be built. Um, my house, my backyard, is part of this area where the land was pushed up. It pushed it up to the back of their property, but it was also at the back of my property, which left the other side. And my yard also floods every once in a while. I haven't had a real great problem with it, but it is once, and once or twice it has flooded. I speak also because I was a firefighter with the city in office for 27 years, and I feel that this is going to be 
a hardship for the firefighters that are going to have to come in there with the equipment. It's going to be at least eight apparatus that are going to have to come in there if there's a fire in this dwelling that will have to come back into this area. And it just won't support that many vehicles back in there. Uh, even if an ambulance had to go in there and remove somebody, it's going to be a tight space for the ambulance to have to back into or if you went in forward to even turn around in, since they're not on a concrete driveway, I understand it's going to be gravel, but even that when it's wet is going to be very hard to support the weight of these vehicles. Um, I was an engineer for eight years at Engine 15, Station 15 on Fishman's Road, which is the main engine company for that area. So I, I kind of know what I'm talking about when I say the area is tight for these engines to get into. Um, it's nice that they want to build a house in there. I was unaware that that was a subdivided piece of property. I was told that happened back in 2002, which I was unaware of. I thought council usually put out a, uh, a letter to the residents in the area that this was happening. I don't recall receiving it. Nobody on my block ever recalled receiving it. My property is big enough to be divided, but I can't, I can't see doing it because I love, like I said, the forested area that we have there. And then, like we've mentioned, there's a lot of, uh, quite a bit of wildlife in there, which we enjoy, my wife and I. It's not there anymore now. At least the abundant amount that was there is not there anymore. So I can't say too much more other than speaking for my own self what I'd like to see happen. Uh, just for our information, you are against this application, am I, am I correct? I am against right. this procedure. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Robert Unger? Good afternoon. I'm Robert F. Unger. I live at 1943 East Bayview Boulevard. Um, Anita's my uh, wife. I would like to make uh, uh, several comments and uh, end by uh, reading a letter from a neighbor that was unable to attend this assigned letter that was unable to who was unable to attend this uh, session. We're concerned about the vulnerability of the wildlife habits uh, with this clearing and proposed development of 1927 Bayview Boulevard. We have raccoons, opossums, snakes, squirrels, rabbits, foxes, including five kits, and birds, and multiple varieties of turtles, for some reason, that have been active in our common woodland that we've been describing here for the last 10 or minutes or so. This woodland area is uh, contiguous in the back of all the properties. We have, as you have been told, fairly deep properties. And just try to imagine the, the heavily wooded area that's there. Um, it, it's, it's a small forest, very small forest, but a, uh, it, it's a big patch of woodland that's being entered and cleared out uh, slowly one by one. Uh, with uh, our neighbor, our new neighbor, the most recent uh, uh, person to do this. 
Um, I also should mention the herons that come in for the, in the uh, we noticed uh, for the past 35 years. They come back and nest every February and uh, raise their young in the horizontal branches of the large pine trees that are throughout this woodland area. And uh, I know that's probably a soft reason uh, to oppose it, but you would consider it not a hard reason, but it's a very important reason to us uh, as in the neighborhood. I would also, um, turning to uh, the letter that um, Linda Lundquist, our president of the Bayview Civic League, uh, uh, addressed to you. Um, she's a good friend, we're good friends, and everything that she states in the letter is correct and factual. But I would like to comment that the vote was 15 in favor, 12 against, with eight abstentions. There were reasons for those abstentions, and my wife and I were the only, at the time of the vote, we were the only property owners adjacent, that lived adjacent to uh, the property in question, the flag lot. Uh, everybody else was, you know, in other blocks, and the Bayview Civic League covers uh, quite a few uh, streets in the area. Uh, it's called Bayview. Um, so what you're hearing today really is from the neighbors that are directly adjacent to this proposed uh, property. I'd like to emphasize that. And finally, I'd like to read a brief letter uh, that's addressed to you from a neighbor of ours, Steve Markham, at 1926 East Bayview Boulevard, Norfolk. To the Norfolk City Planning Commission, my name is Steve Markham. I, resi I have resided at 1926 East Bayview Boulevard since 1984. I would like to go on record stating that I am against the proposed changes at 1927 East Bayview Boulevard. The changes will result in more noise, traffic, and congestion directly across from my residence. I doubt the value of my property will go up if this goes forward. I am certain if you live at my address, you will feel the same way as I do. Please vote no to this proposal. Signed, Steve Mark. Should I give this to someone? Yes. That concludes my remarks. Thank you, sir. We're into our rebuttal phase. Uh, Mr. Mitchell, or anyone here in favor, you have five minutes to rebut. Any comments you'd like to make? Please. Regarding a few of the concerns um, some of the property owners have out there, um, they would speak of potential flooding, speak of wildlife um, being disturbed out there. This is, if you look on the site plan, is a very heavily wooded lot. Uh, we're only proposing removing eight trees. Most of those are in the 20-foot driveway leading down to get to the house. In addition to the conditional use permit, we've been required or requested to add back two trees for every tree we take out. Um, so the eight trees that we're, we're removing, we'll be planting back 16 trees. 
This is a 38,000 square foot lot. It's a very large wooden lot. The structure that we plan on building is going to be in the area that is the clearest of all the trees right now because we want to take down as less amount of trees as possible. As far as flooding and drainage issues go, we plan on not disturbing anything around the outside of the property. Any issues that may be there now, I'm not understanding how the building of a lot of a house on the inside of that is going to affect that. And what I mean by that is we're, we're not allowed really to touch anything grading-wise to uh, disturb some berms or something that may be that I haven't even seen. Um, because with all the trees that are there, if you grade or top the root system, add dirt to it, take dirt away, you damage the trees. So our um, goal going in is to disturb as little as possible, put the house there in the middle, take the trees out the driveway, going back out and replanting two trees for every tree that we take down. So the only other issue I'd like to bring up is the wildlife. It is a very large lot. I'm sure there are some foxes and some birds landing out there. There's still going to be plenty of trees and plenty of wildlife for them to cohabitate with our buyers out there. Uh, with regard to the trees, uh, Mr. Uh, Richardson, right? Yes, sir. Um, you said most of them are in the driveway. Yes, sir. Or uh, along the driveway. How many? Uh, there are six trees that yeah, go down the flag part of the lot right. that would be required to be removed for us to put the driveway going in down there, mm -hmm. which, by the way, is a 20-foot area. There's concerns about vehicles getting down there. A standard driveway is 10-foot wide that we install. It's a 20-foot wide path that would be going down there. I think it would be sufficient for most vehicles to enter the property. Um, the six trees that we'd be removing there would be then 12 additional trees on the lot itself back there. In addition to two trees, if you look one where the house is, then one close to where the driveway is would be taken out, and then four more put back in their place. Thank you, Mr. Richardson. Any questions, Commissioners? Uh, what's going to happen to the present ability for the property to drain and absorb water with the building that is that would go on it, the house that would go on it. The area where the house is, and obviously the garage and the driveway would be non-pervious area, um, so that would affect it some. It's a very large lot. We don't plan on re-grading or re-putting drainage elsewhere to shove rain waters into neighbor's property that is previously not going there at this point. Um, as the new city ordinance, we are putting out uh, rain barrels as a course of the new code to collect the runoff from the roof. Um, I, that's about all I can answer on that. Mm -hmm. And then keep in mind, the driveway going down, as stated, uh, is going to be gravels that will allow rainwater to seep mm -hmm. down through that area right there. And you're saying... I heard the word non-pervious. Uh, that related to? I'm sorry, the house. The, the, the house, house structure. Itself. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that'll have the rain barrels on it, collecting the rainwater. Mr. Hodgins. Yeah, I had a question with reference to, I think you said six trees would be removed and 12 would be replaced. Yes, sir. Um, uh, and one of the uh, uh, opponents to this proposed application suggested that there have previously been trees removed to accommodate um, possible development. Will there be any trees uh, put back in replace of those? Or I, I've had nothing to do with that. That the homeowner, or the, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the, the owner 
that has property now can speak to that. Um, and since we've started this process, nothing has been changed, nothing to my knowledge. This site plan with the location of the multiple trees on there, nothing's been altered since that. I think what they're referring to is maybe some improvements that the uh, current homeowner has done to that land for whatever reason he wanted to use it for. Um, so I, I'll let him speak to that. Is there someone who can speak to that? Is that uh, Andrew Metzges again, the owner of the 1927-1931. Uh, I'll address the trees in the um, the bowl issue, if that's all right. If, uh, go right ahead. Go right ahead. All right. So, uh, what uh, Anita was talking about was absolutely correct as far as the difference in the elevation. So, uh, with my house here, the the prop where um, the Unger's property is here. There is a, uh, a natural grade that goes from this side down to here, uh, with this side being lower than here. Also, on the back of the lot, there is a, a, a higher berm, um, but this area sits lower than these properties. So the water from here, natural, just naturally in its natural state, does actually, and this, my property is a little bit higher too, it naturally wants to flow this way already. And, and then the grading elevations that, um, uh, Richards and Holmes, when I looked at as well, they're not changing that elevation. So when he's talking about the non-pervious areas here with the gravel, yes, you know, with the rain barrels um, that he and I can let him talk to that, but all this, those would be the only two areas, but not changing grading to try to raise this up and direct more that way, that's where that's going. Now, as far as the, the lot, did anybody from the council go out to the property at all? Yes. Okay, so, um, the, the back lot looked very similar to both sides, if not um, even more. The trees, a lot of the trees were overgrown with a lot of briars uh, covered with ivy. Uh, I did take down several trees that were hollowed out um, that were uh, gonna, ready to fall. Uh, one neighbor's tree fell into my property. I had to cut that up as well. Um, but there was a lot of just, you know, for the kids to go around and whatnot and actually be able to walk in there. I mean, you couldn't, it was, it was dense. So it was mostly all brush and ivy that was down there or trees that were just completely covered and hanging by briars and ivy that were uh, taken to actually open up and make the landscape. Um, uh, and it also improve the health of the trees because that stuff will smother and kill the trees. So um, I did talk to a landscape designer and stuff. I said, hey, these are the ones you need to take out. And, I, when we, and we cleared the, the underbrush um, so that way we could use it. Um, we did, when we bought the property, as far as the wildlife goes, uh, we were told about the foxes. My wife and I did look back there for dens of the foxes, and we didn't find any of that um, when um, um, finding that. And then we have seen foxes that do, that live in one of the, the side properties, because they will go um, across and whatnot. I would expect that even with the house there, they would continue to do that, but they, you know, that's not disrupting anything there. Um, those uh, trees that uh, were looking to get uh, removed in the drive, uh, there are two very large trees um, that were, you know, de decent size. Um, and then the other probably four in that 20 are, are, are much smaller, you know, very smaller trees that they're going to be replaced. But uh, out of all the trees that the proposal um, is going to be, um, there's three very large trees and the rest are much smaller, um, just identified of, per the site plan. Does that answer your question, sir? It, it, it does. Um, your, your presentation of what was there and what's there now is, is very different than a very disturbing picture that I got from opponents that, you know, live trees being cut down to, to uh, 
uh, move way for development. Absolutely. Um, and of course, you know, mm -hmm. no one would like to see wildlife, you know, the little wildlife that we have, natural habitat. Oh, we enjoy we watching, here. yes. Um, but from what I hear you're saying, that's not on your property, it's on the two opposing properties. Yes, the, I mean, now don't get me wrong. I mean, they, they use the back property, like I said, even my wife and I will sit there and watch the you know birds. And like I said, when it was you know, snowing, I think last year, you know, the foxes would come back and run across and stuff like that. And they, they I don't know if they steal other dogs' toys and stuff because we found those in the back laying around. Um, so, you know, we're not we're not trying to destroy the landscape at all. Um, you know, like I said, when I when I went in and I and I and I cleared out the underbrush and, and opened that up some, like I said, if you I don't know if you remember in the back property. Um, on Unger, like on Unger said, the, our corner, that southeast property, was very much covered in briars and um, and, uh, and and ivy, and just smothering the trees. And you had to pull it off, and, and it was just destroying the trees. Thank you, Mr. Lester. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, uh, Mr. Mrs. Unger, Ms. Deer. You have five minutes to rebut. You guys can tag team if you like. <laughs> Yes, sir. Well, I think we've heard two completely different descriptions of what the back lot looks like as far as what interpreted as a woodland. It's either brush that's cleared out with ivy and uh, thorns and so forth, or it's a very densely wooded area. Uh, this is where snakes are. I mean, not, just not the lovable little creatures that we come and see, but uh, they're, this is a, it's a minor uh, midget forest there. And uh, try to, I urge you to try to visualize that. And it's, it's dense, the shrubbery. You know, it goes up to uh, 15, 16 feet, or besides the big trees. Um, it's, it's, it's a very heavily wooded area. I don't know how else to put it, but it's something that you would clean out with uh, an awful lot of vigor. I mean, if you, and which Andy has done. And uh, I, I just urge you to, to, to think of what your, we would like to see this area, the adjacent neighbors that are here today, and they're most of the neighbors that are adjacent to this property. We would like to see this area return to uh, more or less uh, the same semblance of what of what it was, so that it blends in again with the, the, the backyards of everybody else. Uh, in plain speaking, we don't want to see another building uh, that we have to look at in our backyards, our respective backyards. Uh, we want the privacy if we can possibly have it. This is why we bought the properties, or our parents did a long time ago. Thank you. Thank you. There are some remaining moments. If you, either of you ladies would like to comment. Um, I would like to say again that the property before did not flood, and now it floods. It flooded. Uh, and, and I'm really, really concerned that when they put that back there and, uh, I mean, I guess they could build it on stilts. It wouldn't do that, you know, but uh, there is no way that they can put property back there and put down that footprint excuse me, a footprint, put down that garage and put down that pad without being where before the water could go into the land. And there is no way that we could say that it's not going to affect that. And that with the flooding that we've experienced already, and it's flooded three properties this way, and, and either, that it wouldn't be 
so much worse. And I did think that the like stormwater runoff that we kind of had some rules about that, that we couldn't put something, a structure up that would cause this. And it, right now it, it was causing it without the structure there. And it's something we've got to deal with. But so I'm really worried about this. I do not want to become the marsh. Um, I don't want our houses, you know, to be affected as well. So Thank I, you. I appreciate mm -hmm. your consideration on the matter. Thank you. Ms. Unger? Sure. Ms. Deer? And if you would. My question is more towards staff. Okay. Um, for Ms. Deer. Thank you. Um, but you, you mentioned, I've heard much conversation about this bowl, and, um, and now we're talking stilts. It sounds like we're building out of a hole. Um, do, do we have any idea how much taller in elevation this structure would be than the existing property? Mr. Richardson, can you yeah. respond to that? There, there may be a slight elevation in the middle. I haven't seen that visually with my own eyes. Um, any runoff that goes in a certain direction at this point is still going to do the same thing it does whether there's a house there or there's a house not there. It won't be a house on stilts. It'll look just like that, just a normal crawl space. It's not in the flood zone. Um, it'll be approximately, I would assume, two and a half, three feet off the ground with bricks to the ground. But it, it won't be on stilts. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I really didn't mean it to be like that. I was being... All right, let's get back back and thank you, Mr. Richardson. Miss um, Unger, I offered you the opportunity to say a few words. If you'd like to say so, go right ahead, and we'll conclude our rebuttal with your comments. Um, I just wanted to say, though, that though Andy has made a beautiful plot in the back, uh, I, even though I have a lot of brush, a lot of ivy, and a lot of everything else in the back, including animals, I have been told that it sucks up the water so that it mitigates flooding and at the same time doesn't allow it to go to my neighbor's lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a very important consideration. I thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, that concludes our rebuttal period. Commissioners, any questions, Mr. Houchins, that you want to explore further? Your concerns? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned. I think it's a, a beautiful lot. Um, I'm very pro-housing. Uh, very pro-business, um, but with as much discussion as we've constantly had about um, flood mitigation and um, we've been having discussions about building exuberant pumps around the city and ways of dealing with mitigation, water mitigation, uh, um, I, I just am a little concerned at what I hear is currently happening and what, you know, if there's a, a way that we could prevent uh, future flooding in this area. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we've taken enough time to, to look at it. Hank, did you want to respond in any way to what what we may have with regard to flood mitigation? So as part of the, for new single family homes, they have to go through a plan review process. So things like landscaping, stormwater management, and resilience quotient will all be addressed in that building permit plan review. So things like the flooding risk will be looked at by staff and make sure that it complies with zoning ordinance. And, and are we clear in recognizing that the builder will be required to uh, mitigate some of the stormwater runoff with the use of rain barrels and lights? Yes, that's correct. That's part of this conditional use permit? That's correct. Mm -hmm. And with the addition of the new trees on the lot, each, um, each mature tree can absorb 3,000 gallons of 
rainwater a year. Mm. So they're adding 16 trees onto a lot. So mm-hmm. it's 48,000 gallons of water. That's that's eventually though. Those are right. not those are not immediately mature trees. Of course, but I mean overall, the addition of eight a net of eight trees is a good thing, I think. It it I I I, I there are competing narratives here uh, that need to be resolved on real facts, and. Um, Putting a house where uh, the neighbors are saying, I mean, I understand the uh, that's to be mitigated, so forth and so on, but the water tables are changing. That's a reality of the area. They are changing. And what the neighbors are seeing is what's going on because of climate change and so forth and so on. Uh, and water, tidal flooding, all that kind of thing, which lifts the water table and causes these issues. Um, the neighbors understand, I mean, the, 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 the detail about the interaction of the neighbors with the wildlife is wonderful from how they are really interacting with their environment. Um, at, on the other hand, there is such a thing as land management and cleaning out uh, the brush you know, the, the issues of absorption, that those are all competing, you know, and, and needs to be clearly addressed for everybody. So um, it, it, it sounds from the way they're describing it that a house put there is in some danger of serious water issues. For, for me, it's the confusion or the concern is are, are clearly what the facts are suitable for everybody so everybody understands exactly what is going on with the land. Bobby, you, you're, you're trying to say something to us, I think. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I just want to make sure we also clarify um, the property itself is not in a protected area. Uh, the trees actually are not protected um, to not be removed. So they're not, although the majority of the city is within what's called the Chesapeake Bay Preservation Area, but it is not in the protected zone that these trees are required to be maintained. So technically, if this doesn't get approved, the property owner could go down and remove all the trees. Um, and not saying that they will, I'm just, I'm just putting that for a fact that this, this area is not, there is not a requirement to protect and keep, maintain these trees in this location. Um, during the plan review process, as, as Mr. Morrison noted, um, we will receive topographic information to assure that the existing drainage pattern is not impacted, as well as making sure that we handle any potential runoff from the existing home to be directed appropriately. Um, it, it is a little tough. There are localized flooding issues that do occur. Um, I don't believe this is one that can be, if there is some localized flooding issue, it's not one that can be solved on just one lot. Um, but that being said, I do want to make sure that I emphasize that the trees themselves, technically, although the property owner has said he won't do this, uh, they're not technically protected. And there is nothing prohibiting the property owner, if this does not get approved, to do something else on that yard. He could build a garage. He could build an accessory dwelling unit. There are a number of other things that he has the ability to do on the property. So right, I, right. I want to make sure that, that those facts are there to understand that denial of this does not prohibit the use of the property. Dr. Dr. Newman was asking the question. By, could put an accessory unit on there by right. Correct. 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 Without any approval process. Mm-hmm. Other than through staff. That is correct. Mm-hmm. And a substantially sized garage if you wanted to as well. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you, Bobby. Yes, sir. Commissioners, any other question or comment? Susan. Okay. Uh, the motion is to recommend that the conditional use permit be approved, subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Ms. Austin. Um, after hearing everything that's in front of us, uh, some real concerns by the neighbors and whatnot, uh, I'm going to vote yes on this. Mr. Houchins. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a beautiful um, uh, proposed uh, development there. Um, again, very, very pro housing, uh, very pro-business, um, but just given some of the uh, indication of things that are already starting to take place, um, you know, I, I couldn't in good conscience uh, vote on this without some more detailed and more, much more prudent study. Um, I vote nay. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Um, I, I feel confident in our site plan review. I, I feel confident that, as you mentioned, there's flooding issues on this property now. Um, I, I don't see this project changing it. As we mentioned, the homeowner could put a similar structure, impervious structure there by right. Um, you know, that I, I'm just more confident in the process and, and what staff's been through that this isn't going to make an existing issue worse and it's not going to be solved on this property. So I vote aye. And Mr. Fraley. I vote aye. We'll make that recommendation to City Council. Thank you. Item number six uh, is a request by Aldi, Inc. for a conditional use permit for the sale of alcoholic beverages off-premises at 730 West 21st Street. The purpose of this request is to allow the sale of four packs of alcoholic beverages for off-premises consumption at a proposed grocery store. Hi. Hey again. Um, so this application is from Aldi Grocery Store for a conditional use permit to, that would allow them to sell four packs of alcohol for off-premises consumption. Uh, Aldi's going into the former Farm Fresh location at 730 West 21st Street uh, in the center shops just east of Collie Avenue. Property is zoned CC and is located in the 21st Street uh, pedestrian commercial overlay. Uh, as you might remember from the Aldi on Military Highway, uh, grocery stores are allowed to sell six packs of uh, beer and alcohol by right, but require a conditional use permit for anything less. Um, so this is the, uh, the site plan, proposed site plan for Aldi. Uh, they're not planning on occupying the entire property. Uh, they'll leave 12,045 square feet of the building for a future tenant. Um, eventually they're going to be doing facade changes uh, that will require a development certificate, but that's going to be next month. So this CUP is only for the sale of alcohol for off-premises consumption. Thank you, Hank. Are there any questions? Any questions of Mr. Morrison? Thank you. All right, thank you. Uh, chair acknowledges that there is no opposition to this application. We will mention Mr. Justin Spruill. Anything you'd like to add, Mr. Spruill? No, sir. Thank you, sir. I think uh, one of the feedbacks that we have been given with regard to this application, correct me if I'm wrong, that the city's been seeking to trying to get some response from all the on a previously approved application to make sure that they are uh, not in violation of uh, reasonable standards of care on that site. Um, I think we would want to see if we can get an continuance of this particular application. 
But go ahead, Bobby. We'll let Bobby talk. Mr. Terry, we received information uh, that the applicant has been in contact with the city manager's office. They've allowed the city to utilize the property for other purposes for training um, and has committed to and has shown us a contract that they have um, someone to go out to the site on Monday to uh, clean the site at the Little Creek Road uh, location. Um, with those uh, additional um, parts of information, uh, I don't know if a, a continuance is necessary at this time. Let me be clear. The city's been using the site? Uh, we've been given the opportunity to use it as tr for training purposes for other, uh, for our NPD, and also I believe uh, other uh, federal agencies have been using it for training purposes because of the way the, the offices are set up, uh, so which may have had some conflicts with the, with the opportunity to clean the site. Um, we do have a commitment from them to clean it by Monday. If not, they'll be receiving a phone call from the zoning inspector and a summons uh, otherwise. Fair enough. Fair enough. I rescind my comments. Mm -hmm. Moving right along, Susan. Okay. Uh, the motion is to uh, approve the conditional use permit subject to the uh, – recommend approval of the conditional use permit subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Ms. Austin? Yes. Uh, Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Aye. And Mr. Fraley? I will make that recommendation to council. Thank you. The next item on your agenda is item number seven, Corner Gallery, LLC, for the following conditional use permits at 4400 Collie Avenue. Uh, a, a banquet hall, B, sale of alcoholic beverages on premise, and C, live entertainment. The purpose of these requests is to allow for the operation of a banquet hall with live entertainment. Okay, um, this is a request by Corner Gallery uh, for, condition, for uh, several conditional use permits. The site is located on um, Collie Avenue, the corner of 44th Street and Collie Avenue on the east side of the street. Um, the applicant is proposing to operate a banquet hall, so allow other uh, parties to use the establishment, uh, and they would like to have entertainment and alcohol at these uh, uh, events. property is zoned CC, which is community commercial, uh, and a banquet hall um, is permitted by a uh, conditional use permit. They also need, excuse me, a banquet hall is permitted. If, they would, if the banquet hall would like to have alcoholic beverages and live entertainment, that's what kicks in the, uh, the requirement for the conditional use permit. Um, this is the floor plan. Um, so as you enter the facility, there are there is uh, office space, and really the, the banquet hall is located to the rear. The banquet hall generally operates when the offices are not uh, in use. Um, as you can see, there are a, a couple of event spaces, and there is a small uh, deck space outside. Um, the proposed hours of operation are from 7 o'clock a.m. till 12 o'clock midnight, seven days a week. Um, the occupancy is 63 seats indoors, 26 seats outdoors, with a total occupancy of 95. And then the entertainment they're requesting is a three-member live band, karaoke, comedian, poetry reading, yoga classes, uh, and public speakers. Um, as always, we do have uh, a list of conditions um, in the uh, staff report which tie the applicant to what they have told us, the type of entertainment, the capacity, the floor plan. Um, so subject to all of those conditions, staff is recommending that this application be approved. Thanks, Susan. Uh, any questions, Susan, commissioners? 
Thank you. No opposition. Uh, there is no opposition to this application. We do want to acknowledge Ann Smith, Rebecca Howell, as well as Kate Thomas are here in favor of this application. Any comment you ladies want to make at this point? Thank you, Susan. Okay, the motion is to recommend that the conditional use permits be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Good luck. Aye. And Mr. Fraley? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck. Item 8, Susan. Last item on your agenda, item number 8, Galaxy NC LLC, for the closing, vacating, and discontinuing of the following streets. A, the southeast corner of intersection of Doswell Street and Pecan Point Road, and parcel being a right-of-way containing 600 square feet, and B, the southern 10-foot portion of a 20-foot lane, and parcel being a right-of-way containing 3,000 square feet. Ms. Shea. Hi, good afternoon. Um, this is an application for a street closure. Um, it, it's tied to a rezoning that was done uh, a while back to allow for the construction of 35 new single-family homes. Uh, the portions of Pecan Point Road to be closed are approximately a 600-square-foot <coughs> section, very small little square there, and then a portion of a 10-foot a portion of a, a lane um, that uh, is approximately 3,000 square feet. Uh, the right-of-way to be closed is in the Poplar Hall neighborhood. Um, along Broad Creek, uh, the applicant seeking to close the right of way for the con to support this, a new subdivision of 35 single-family homes. They've secured um, the appropriate easements and adjustments with Dominion, Virginia Power, and Verizon to facilitate this closure. Um, staff took a look at it that the road doesn't serve any purpose for access and it's not needed um, for any adjacent parcels, and a new subdivision will be going in. Uh, they're the applicant will be paying um, $7,200 to the city in compensation for the land. And uh, with this, uh, we recommend approval. Thank you, Paul. Any questions on Ms. Shea, commissioners? What's, what's, Go the, ahead. what's the access and egress if this is closed? New roads will come in. New roads, okay, yes. gotcha. Thank you, Paula. Thank you. Uh, here to speak in favor of this application, Charles Land. Good afternoon. My name is Charles Land. My address is 150 West Main Street, Suite 2100, Norfolk, Virginia, 23510. I don't have any prepared remarks, but I'd be happy to answer any questions. Any questions? Thank you, Mr. Lane. Commissioners, any comment? Susan. Okay. The motion is to recommend that the stated streets be closed subject to any necessary easements. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Hutchins? Aye. Mr. Murphy? Aye. Dr. Newman? Aye. And Mr. Freire? Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck. That concludes our agenda. Uh, Adam, do you have anything further for us, sir? No, sir. Mr. Homewood? Yes, sir. Commissioners, any comment? Hearing none, we stand it down. Thank you.